What do the Holy Mountain, the Neon Demon, and Beyond the Black Rainbow have in common? They all depict mind control programming. Hello and welcome to part 3 of the programmed series. My name is Alexandra. In the last video, we looked at cult dynamics and symptoms of RA. If you have not watched the previous videos, please do so before continuing. This video is about the role that intelligence agencies play in the creation of organized programming. There are countless examples of mind control depicted in media, such as The Manchurian Candidate, based on the 1959 book, but let's look at the three I just mentioned. The occult, esoteric, and Kabbalistic symbolism of the Holy Mountain is significant in mind control programming. The film was produced by the Beatles manager Alan Klein. The plot of The Neon Demon depicts the esoteric side of fame. And Beyond the Black Rainbow shows the same occult and Kabbalistic symbolism, while the whole movie, much like the series it inspired Stranger Things, is based on the MKUltra experiments. The key to understanding these films is to have some knowledge of MKUltra. Without that, the symbolism and plot would be much like watching Jojo Rabbit without knowing what World War II is. You would think it was a random montage with no basis in reality, when in fact, these films are fairly straightforward. To understand this movie we're living in, we need to look at the history behind it. The Office of Strategic Services was the predecessor of the CIA. You may not have heard of the OSS before, but I'm sure you've heard of one of their most famous spies, Julia Child. One of the 4,500 women to serve in the OSS was Julia Child, who moved to Paris after the war and became a famous chef and cookbook author. The Tavistock Institute of Human Relations was set up in London in 1921 to study the, quote, breaking point of humans. The Rockefeller Foundation awarded a significant grant that facilitated the creation of the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. In the 1930s, the guidelines for the OSS and later the CIA were developed there. Let's have a bit of a disclaimer here. Like all the groups discussed in my videos, I'm talking about a small minority, not the majority. 90% of the people in the government, military, and intelligence community are normal people just working for a corrupt system. I'm talking about the top 10% at the highest levels who are responsible for the corruption. So grab yourself a cup of tea and get comfortable because it's about to get real uncomfortable. There are numerous government agencies that utilize mind programming methods. These are some of the agencies that participate in programming. Most people are aware at some level of the notorious behavior control research project that was begun in the 1950s, coordinated by the British Psychological Warfare Unit called the Tavistock Institute, with the Scottish Rite Freemasons, the CIA, and other British, US, Canadian, and United Nations agencies called MKUltra. However, there are countless lesser-known programs. One of these projects, Project Maruta, officially called the Epidemic Prevention of Water Purification Department, also known as Unit 731, was headed by Japan's General Shiroishi. It involved approximately 250,000 men, women, and children who were prisoners of war during World War II who were subjected to terminal experimentation. The purpose was supposedly to study the effects of physical and psychological trauma on the nervous system, as well as studying the results of anatomical restructuring. There was no medical or humanitarian reason for these experiments. 
It was simply a study on death. How does the US figure in this atrocity? Well, instead of being tried for war crimes, many of the so-called researchers involved, including Ishii, were granted immunity by the US in exchange for their research. In fact, General Ishii was employed by the US government at Fort Detrick in Maryland. He helped create biological and chemical weapons that would later be used in the Korean War. The government's interest in mind control exploded after World War II, where the experiments done by these types of, quote, doctors, led to unprecedented evil scientific progress. Operation Paperclip was initiated due to the United States' interest in mind control. This operation brought the top nine doctors and scientists to the United States where they shared their knowledge and skills of mental manipulation. Before there could be an MKUltra program, there had to be a centralized agency responsible. The CIA was created at the outset of the Cold War by Truman's National Security Act of 1947. That act was a response to Yalta and to the general pervasive fear that, after World War II, the greatest threat to world peace was the communists. In 1946, President Truman approved Project Paperclip, bringing Hitler's top scientists into the United States. They brought in about 700 propulsion scientists and about 600 mine scientists. The CIA was given the responsibility to place the individuals out of Project Paperclip into military-industrial complex, including our universities and colleges. The CIA launched MKUltra, a covert investigation into the behavioral manipulation on human beings through drugs, hypnosis, abuse, sensory deprivation, and torture. The Central Intelligence Agency launched MKUltra, and considering what we just discussed about cults, the following should sound familiar. A covert investigation into the behavioral manipulation of human beings through drugs, hypnosis, abuse, sensory deprivation, and torture on this date in 1953. The program involved 80 institutions, including colleges and universities, hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies, and was headed for more than two decades by Sidney Gottlieb, born Joseph Scheider, a chemist who specialized in poisons and became known for administering LSD in nearly 150 known experiments, sometimes on unwitting human beings. Gottlieb works closely with army scientists at Fort Detrick, Maryland, developing biological weapons for the agency's use. This was the start of the MKUltra program. MKUltra contained more than 149 sub-programs in fields ranging from psychology, biology, pharmacology, and trauma-based programming. Two other secret operations, Crossbow and Overcast, also brought German scientists and engineers to the United States, totaling 492 by May 18, 1948. According to NASA documents, the Air Force took 205, assigning most to the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base outside Dayton, Ohio. The Army took 177, including the 118 who came with Werner von Braun, and the Navy took 72. Let's break down what MKUltra is for anyone who doesn't know. The letters MK stand for a project sponsored by the agency's Technical Services Staff, or TSS, and the word Ultra had previously been used to designate the most secret classification of World War II intelligence. Together, it's the sponsor and classification of the project. MKUltra is the acronym for the Government Mind Control Program. 
In the 1960s, the CIA ran unethical experiments testing the limits of the human mind. Two of the objectives included keeping soldiers from divulging secrets during interrogation, to try and make someone follow orders without conscious awareness. The overall idea was to fragment a person's mind, give information and orders to one piece of consciousness, hide that piece from the conscious mind, and then be able to recall that hidden piece using trigger words or phrases. So what years did Project MKUltra operate? Before there was MKUltra, there were operations Paperclip, Bluebird and Artichoke, and Chatter and Often. And those are just the ones the public knows about. These types of programs laid the foundation for MKUltra and its many sub-projects. Bluebird was approved by the CIA director, Hillencoder, on April 20, 1950. It was completed at many locations throughout the United States, not at a single site. In August 1951, Sidney Gottlieb was put in charge of the Mind Control Division and the project was renamed Artichoke. It became MKUltra, which was created by the CIA in April of 1953. MKUltra then became MKSearch on June 7, 1964, and was placed under the control of ORD, Operations Research and Development. MKSearch ran until June 1972, it was allegedly halted in 1973. The unethical techniques used have been acquired by key powerful secret societies as well as all major world powers. The methods of MKUltra are in continued use and are continuously updated. Mind control did not stop existing after the 1970s, nor did it begin there, according to a speech given at the 2002 SMART conference. I was a mind-control guinea pig in the early to late 40s. I believe that far fewer children were experimented on back then than after the 60s, simply because the technology was new and there weren't that many trainers available. I was not trained for any specific purpose, rather my mind was used as a prototype to study what kind of internal structures could be created. MK programming takes a lot of time, knowledge, medical settings, psychotropic drugs, and a team to complete. To anyone who believes the U.S. government would never do things like this to its people, should keep the following in mind. I have left links in the description below. Project MKUltra was first brought to public attention in 1975 by the Church Committee of the United States Congress and Gerald Ford's United States President's Commission on CIA Activities within the United States. Investigative efforts were hampered by the fact that CIA Director Richard Helms ordered all MKUltra files to be destroyed in 1973. In 1977, a Freedom of Information Act request uncovered a cache of 20,000 documents relating to Project MKUltra, which led to Senate hearings later that year. In 1977, Congressional Record contains a report from the Senate Committee on Intelligence that details the history of covert mind control experiments, often performed illegally on unwitting U.S. citizens, conducted by agencies of the U.S. government. Interestingly, Joe Biden was a member of the Senate back in 1977 and heard this report firsthand. If something has been declassified and released, it's outdated. The methods of operation would have changed. The government has known about MKUltra for decades, Instead of stopping it or denouncing it, 
the program has gotten bigger and more hidden from the public. Here are some documents from the CIA's library regarding MKUltra. You can pause the slides to read, and links are in the description below. In part two, we discussed how cults are some of the organizations perpetuating mind control via RA. Cults don't just come out of nowhere for no reason. Most prolific cults are not organic. They are orchestrated and executed. And some of these cults are created by our own governments. The methods that Jim Jones used in his cult, the People's Temple, are definitely classical mind control techniques. And according to a book by Michael Myers, which is called Was Jonestown a CIA Medical Experiment? His documentation leads him to conclude that actually Jonestown was run by the CIA. Prior to being Jonestown in the deep jungles of British Guiana, that site was actually under control of what was called the Shalom Project. This was a CIA program for training black mercenaries for warfare in Angola. Programming is a worldwide enterprise carried out on every continent. Let's take a look at Canada, even though there are countless examples, including places like Australia. Dr. Green, Joseph Mengel, and Dr. White, and Dr. D. Ewan Cameron were some of the most well-known programmers. Dr. Cameron was the former head of the Canadian, American, and World Psychiatric Associations. Cameron began the Allen Memorial Institute in 1943 with the help of a grant from the Rockefeller Foundation, and he was the head doctor. Because of Cameron's extensive experience and credentials, the CIA's Alan Dulles funneled millions of dollars throughout organizations like the Society for the Investigation of Human Ecology, which Cameron presided over. Remember, Cameron was working in Canada at the time, but was being funded by America. Experimentations were conducted at several locations in Montreal, mostly at McGill University, St. Mary's Hospital, and Allen Memorial Institute. He used conventional methods of psychiatric cruelty, such as electroshock, drug injections, and lobotomies, but Cameron then invented the technique he called psychic driving. Subjects were kept in drug-induced comas for weeks and administered a regimen of electroshocks paired with repetitive auditory messages. Brutal psychiatric experiments that took place at the Allen Institute under the codename MKUltra, largely funded by the Canadian government and the American CIA. Over the years, in addition to CIA funding, Dr. Cameron received Canadian government research grants worth well over $4 million today for experiments on what was called psychic driving and depatterning. Not surprisingly, Dr. Cameron has been conveniently left out of most psychiatric journals. This may have been, in fact, largely due to Project MKUltra being publicly exposed in the 1970s through lawsuits filed by Canadian survivors and their families. The CIA and Canadian governments settled out of court to avoid admitting any wrongdoing. 
Countless victims' lives were left shattered by behavioral modification programs involving hundreds of coordinated perpetrators, professors, corrections officers, and some of the most respected doctors and medical facilities in the world. Getting to the truth of any conspiracy, for lack of a better word, is a matter of properly assembling a puzzle. To do that, you need to first track down all the right pieces, which requires wallowing through a lot of muck to find the nuggets hidden within. And you have to be very discerning because there are a lot of red herring pieces that look very much like real pieces, but actually are not. Once you've found enough of the real pieces, you must then properly assemble them. Only then does a coherent picture begin to emerge, and only then is it a threat posed to conventional wisdom. The individual pieces pose no threat at all, even though many of them are hidden in plain sight. The point of mind control is to create slaves. It's to create people who do not act of their own free will, but will carry out orders given to them. What if the crimes that Americans, and in some cases the world, remember in infamy, are not random acts of people gone mad? What if they were deliberate? In the next video, we will be discussing mind control's role and some of the crimes of the century. Thank you for watching part 3. I'll see you again in part 4.